Causing the Effect, a podcast focused on the exploration of your mind, body, and spirit. Everyone, I am here with one of my favorite people, Doctor Nooch. You're still you're still a couple miles away from me, right, Doctor? Yeah, I'm right down, right down. My man, uh, everyone, uh, Doctor Nooch is a cyber psychologist, a researcher, one of my favorites. Check out the previous episodes we've done. Um, I don't know, it's like looking in the mirror, at like an older, better version of myself who knows more about psychology. <laughs> um, everybody who's been uh, giving feedback about in- the internet addiction issue, cyberspace, everybody seems to kind of like this. It's just an interesting topic. This is what Dr. News is specialized in. Um, one of the best guys, honestly. Uh, so Dr. News, we're talking about internet addiction. We're going to talk about the types, the factors involved. So let's start with, with the factors that involve um, in this world, if you just want to run us through those factors of internet addiction first to start, and then we can well, kind of, if, if I could start off, what is internet addiction? Sure. I mean, that's really, I mean, all of us have this idea about what addiction is now on the light side of addiction, you know, I can say I'm addicted to shrimp or I'm addicted <laughs> to King crab. In reality, I'm not truly addicted. True addiction, whether it's a chemical addiction like crystal meth or alcohol or what's called a behavioral addiction, which is like sex addiction, gambling, where the addiction doesn't have a chemical or obviously a liquid when it comes to the alcohol. So you have real you have a chemical addiction and then you have behavioral addiction. Internet addiction, um, if it really exists, uh, would be a behavioral addiction. Now, Scott, I mean, one of the things for, for, your, for your viewers, your listeners, what's perfect about, you know, working with you doing this interview is that you do a lot of health, fitness, nutrition, exercise, you know, how to, about, you know, how to stay looking good, stay in shape, so forth and so on. Well, when it comes to internet addiction, what the research is showing is people, and even though most people are using mobile devices nowadays to connect, they're saying about 52% of folks who uh, connect to the internet are using mobile phones. I think the, the, the last research is like 38, 40% use desktop. But the point that they're showing is, and again, this is related to, to your folks, is that it's a, sedent, it's a sedimentary uh, an activity whether you're using a mobile device or you're sitting on your ass in front of your desktop, what Scott, are you not doing? You're not going outside. You're not exercising. You're not engaging in physical activity. Now, mind you, information communication technology has got many benefits Mm -hmm. and it certainly does contribute to exercise and, and athletics, so forth and so on. But the downside is, which, you know, we don't have to talk about iPredator today, but the dark side of cyberspace is now starting to include internet addiction. So when we talk about internet addiction, like all addictions, okay, we don't have to go into the physiological aspects right now, but when we talk about the psychology, well, what we know, whether it's a behavioral addiction or a chemical addiction, what are the two things that most people who are addicted engage in? Deception, And unfortunately, depending on how severe the addiction becomes, that deception also can in turn turn into abusive and illegal activities. And that is the hallmark of addiction. Mm, Now, when you say deception, what kind of deception are you talking about? Because I think, you know, that's that's a vague that could be vague. Right. What is that? What what could deception mean? Just for a low level at a low level as it relates the best way for you or anyone who watches this podcast to know if you are Internet addicted and we could end the the podcast right now (laughs) uh, is if you suffer negative consequences. Uh, and negative consequence or psychological consequences, uh, physical consequences, as I briefly, you know, uh, uh, mentioned briefly, gaining weight and being in a sedentary lifestyle, but then socially, negative consequences from loved ones, from your job, from schooling, when you begin to suffer negative consequences, because 
that paper that was due last Monday, you didn't get to it because you're so into online gaming and you spent 18 hours straight uh, uh, doing online gaming. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the negative consequence is your number one thing that you look at to see if you're internet addicted. If a loved one says to you, Scott, you're spending way too much time doing your gaming or watching your online pornography or doing your online casino card, whatever it may be. If your loved ones begin to confront you, well, you have to take a look and check to see are you becoming internet addicted? And I think that's why this thing is so dangerous because it's it's hard to tell, right? You don't really see like we, we have at, there's some video games that have apps now. And I'm, I'm looking at it and my oh. friends are going, you're playing 40, 50 <laughs> hours a week. You know, it's hard to see. And I think that's part of the problem. That's why I think it's so important to really for people that all of us probably have some form of it to look at and ask yourself those consequences, not so much of maybe there's no negative to it, but there could be potential if you do a risk analysis of like, what could I be doing compared to what, you know, because it's hard to, to tell if you're missing, if, if you're kind of right. doing your work, right? For well, me, like, you know, it, it's a it's a hard thing to, to, to look at um, from a from an internal perspective, because like with COVID going on, I'm sure you've seen this with your people. Oh, well, yes. No, the COVID, they're already saying with the research is that the COVID pandemic, not only is it, again, we don't know yet, has increased the, the proclivity of internet addiction. Again, there's no hard stats to true internet addiction, mm-hmm. but- you know, the, the COVID pandemic has increased. The research is o- already showing of the different types of eye predator. It's already been shown there was an increase in cyberbullying, cybercrime, cyberstalking, online sexual predation. And then, you know, the worst of the worst, online child pornography consumption and distribution. So of the eight types of eye predator, the only one, which by the grace of God, is a cyber terrorist attack. We have yet to see, you know, a cyber, a true cyber terrorist attack where folks are, are their lives are lost due to the attack. So of the eight categories of eye predator, seven of the eight um, were shown to have an increase due to, uh, due to the pandemic. But when we get back to internet addiction, again, like with all addictions that I said, Again, if I'm a meth head or I am addicted to Coke or I'm shooting up and I'm a, I'm a doper, I'm in the smack, okay? We all know people that are truly addicted, they engage in, as I said, it's not only deception, but also begin to engage in illegal activity because they want to be able to use that chemical. Now, when we're talking about gambling addiction, that has to do with money and people will literally steal, drain their accounts so that they're able to continue to gamble. So when we talk, though, about the Internet, and this is why presently there's two camps. There are those that believe Internet addiction occurs, and there are those that believe it doesn't exist at all. I happen to be in the camp that believe it does exist. Now, when we talk about Internet addiction, it is not so much how much time we spend online, okay? Um, From the moment I get up, I get up in the mornings, I look at the news, I go online, I check out the weather, then I go to work and, you know, I work for, well, I have my own behavioral healthcare practice where we work with the chronically mentally ill. All my therapy notes are done on electronic medical record. So I have to log in and do my notes. I also, when I'm working with my patients during the day, I'll take them to YouTube or going to different fun stuff to show them stuff, whether it be on depression, schizophrenia, recovery, so forth and so on. Then when I come home, I end up doing, well, we're doing it right now. Uh, But also for the last 10 years, I have volunteered helping those who've been targeted. So I'm doing that online. Then Coupling with my my research and learning, because I see myself as a cyber psychology student, um, I spend most of my time online. Now, does that make me addicted? Not yet, thank God, because I'm not suffering negative consequences. Mm, now, now, to take a little step back, you said that there is a group of people who believe internet addiction is not a thing. How 
is that possible, Dr. Nutsik? What is their argument for, for Well, the, the argument would be is that they believe it's something else. It's not mm -hmm. a true addiction because what they say is in order for a true addiction to occur, there's two hallmarks. One, there has to be an increase in, in what's called tolerance. So it is the, so true addiction, let's just use alcohol or cocaine. Mm -hmm. It's very easy, okay? Tolerance with cocaine, you and I are doing some bumps. We do our lines. We do a half a gram every Saturday night. Now, three weeks from now, we're not just doing, snorting a gram of Coke. Now we're starting to smoke a little base, okay? And then maybe we'll do a couple of hits of crack, okay? Tolerance for true addiction is the gradual increase in needing more. So the belief is, is that when it comes to internet addiction, it's believed that there is no such thing as tolerance. Me, I tend to think there is tolerance. I mean, some of the recent research is showing for online gamers, they can go anywhere from 13. Um, and in my volunteer work, no bullshit, Scott. I helped a, a young man about three years ago who said he went 42 hours straight in an online gaming environment. Um, and as we know, online gaming is a multi-billion dollar industry. And don't get me wrong, I'm not putting it down. But some people will get so invested in the multiplayer and the online gaming that they can't control it. And then they begin to suffer physical problems. Uh, they get in trouble with their job, their loved ones, so forth and so on. So the first reason why people don't believe in Internet addiction would be tolerance. Then the second one, which is very important, is called withdrawal. Okay. Now withdrawal is, is Scott, if I take your desktop, I take your mobile device away and I hide it and I put it in the closet. Now we see what you do. Now withdrawal would be, you begin to sweat. You begin maybe to itch and twitch a little bit. You may pace, you may get a little bit more irritable. Where's my damn phone? Where is it? <laughs> and you begin to experience anxiety, frustration, and I think, I don't know if I had, well, I had posted it in my social media. <laughs> there is a new term called nomophobia, okay? Nomophobia, you can Google it. And what it is, is a person who is, we don't know if they're truly addicted, but when they cannot connect their mobile device, they can't connect to a Wi-Fi or internet, or they lose or can't locate their mobile device or cell phone, they, be, they freak that, well, I won't use profanity, they freak out. And mm -hmm. some will have a panic attack. Um, I helped a woman several years ago. Um, this is before internet addiction really became, uh, you know, prevalent in the news and stuff like that. She had misplaced her cell phone. It was on vibrate. It turned out that it was behind the, her front left uh, tire in her garage. So even when she tried to call it from her landline, because it was vibrate, she couldn't find it. Um, she ended up calling me um, and had a full-fledged panic attack. And for your viewers that know, a panic attack is something that is really severe and really frightening if you're someone who experiences. It is utter terror. And Scott, this is because she couldn't find her, her cell phone. Mm. And it's so interesting that you brought this up because in, in my prep for this episode, you know, I'm always thinking about a little bit of Jungian analysis. And it was so uh -huh. interesting to me that uh, Bill Wilson, the founder of, of AA, sent Jung a, 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 a letter four months before he passed away. And they had a conversation about this heavy addiction. And what you're saying is exactly what, what Jung was saying. And he said anything that moves us toward fulfillment in some way. And I, I was finding this this funny because games and I, I was addicted right when you came on my show I was playing these 30 40 hours a week it moves you toward fulfillment and away from your anxiety because it kind of puts you in this world of being in a different space and what Young said uh, I had a quote here he said the equivalent on a low level of this is is t it's really fully taking you away from being at a whole level of yourself and I think Young you know tells exactly. people get a little bit more spirituality into your soul and this and that but I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that and uh how Young makes those connections well, young Adler, I mean, most of the folks that are, when, when we're dealing with addiction, 
The thing is, is that when we're talking about internet, I mean, obviously Carl Young, God bless him, Alfred Adler, the, the greats in the, the psychodynamic world, they did not live in the information age, okay? So now that we're living in the information, and if Carl Jung was still was was alive, he would be, you know, laughing to see. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say he'd be laughing, you know, but he would be laughing. I hate to use that about what folks are doing right now. I mean, again, I'm not going to bring up her name, um, you know, but could you imagine having a panic attack, Scott, because you can't find your cell phone? Now, she ultimately found it, but by the grace of God, and it was be, but a panic attack over not being able to find the cell phone. Now, with nomophobia, it's not in the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Psychiatric Disorders. It is not really uh, considered a true disorder. Close, when it comes to internet addiction, close to being considered, although it's not in the DSM-5, is called internet use gaming disorder. And this is what I've said before, is that your online gamers, they will go hours and hours and hours. They will lose sleep. They will give up eating. They will, you know, if they can, they will not go to work. They will not be with their girlfriend, literally suffering major consequences. So there has been some talk when the DSM-6 comes around five, Mm -hmm. 10 years down the road, they may actually include internet use and internet use gaming disorder. That'll be interesting to see if that actually happens. But internet addiction is growing. Real quickly, a recent Pew's research says, and I had to write this, 77% of Americans go online every day. Not a big deal. But 26%, almost a third, Scott, are online almost constantly. Now, as I said before, being online constantly does not mean you're addicted. What it means is, is if you're online constantly a lot and you're suffering negative consequences from that allotness, then you have to look to see if you're actually internet addicted. Mm, yeah, and this information, this information age that um, I'm reading a book called The Revolt of the Public by a CIA analyst who um, breaks down. He said basically the problem with everything going on is information. Information from 2002 to present day, 98% of the world's information was created in the last 18 years. Yes. So before that, it was just kind of a little bit probably more straight and linear. But now, how do we handle this? And this kind of brings that first piece, uh, accessibility, right? That's it's everywhere. What? Exactly. Well, thank you, Scott. So, got you. Know, you. I right, got so you. That's, that's what <laughs> I actually am looking at. It right. It's one of the <laughs> factors, accessibility. Exactly. Wow, man. Thank you. That's why All you're right. awesome. Oh, I got this, doctor. Read, prep. You, well, you read my stuff. Thank yeah, you. Some of, of my stuff is a little bit, you know, deep, but you're, you know. No, Dr. News, to be honest with you, the, uh, I was upset with myself because I'm in Miami, I'm in Austin, and I'm having a blast. I'm t- this, that, there's rock and roll, watching Floyd Mayweather, and I'm sitting there in the back of my head thinking, I wish I could be playing my video game right now. And I'm going, God damn it. <laughs> and I, I'm kind of just, I'm still kind of like, I've, I've, I'm on like a, I basically took a, took a sabbatical from playing. So I said for a month, I'm just going to not, just to kind of re- regress and re-break it because not that I was doing it for 40 hours anymore, but you're still, I didn't even want to have that urge. And that's kind of why I love talking to you because it's like this, and I'm sure people have their own little pieces that they get Instagram, this, that. But for me, the video oh, games were the problem. And, but- again, and again, Scott, it, it, it's not, we live in the information age and mm-hmm. we are going to continue to live in the information age probably for the next century. The next step in the information age, which we're already learning about and knowing about, is artificial intelligence. And then the second of virtual reality, those are are just around the corner. But all of us are enveloped by information communication technology. And don't get me wrong, there are many benefits to information technology. The downside is, is what we're talking about today is, you know, internet addiction. Now you sitting and watching a fight and saying, I wish I was online. That does not necessitate or mean that you're internet addicted. What that means, Scott, is that you're enveloped by, you know, for you being a young man, technology is important to you. Mm. And it's only going to continue with every generation going forward. Information technology is going to be more and more important. 
And one of the things I say, and I know this sounds crazy, um, is that I believe cyberspace is an extension of human consciousness. Now, it doesn't necessarily already is an extension. Again, I'm kind of, you know, uh, thinking of the future, but we are gradually, it's gradually becoming a part of human consciousness for it to where you're sitting watching a kick-ass fight and, and what pops into your mind? Thinking about being online in gaming, so forth and so on. So with each consecutive year and as every generation grows, more and more, they're going to think about technology. But you had said it, one of the factors, accessibility, it's everywhere. I can access my desktop and now with mobile devices, goodness gracious. Now, her name is Nudge. She's one of uh, the, the professionals at work. Uh, I work in a residential facility. Hey, Nudge. I don't know if she's going to be. Yo, shout out to Nudge. Hey, Nudge. <laughs> so uh, she works in the medication. She is spot on, knows her medication. She's brilliant. She gave me permission to talk about this because I knew I was doing the show with her, with you. And she always has her mobile device with her. It's next to her, no more than five, 10 feet away. Now, part of what we would do when I would help out, we would go, uh, it just changed today, we would go to the different rooms of the patient to disseminate the morning medications. And she would always carry her mobile device, her cell phone with her. Now, the other two ladies, Ginger and Sandra, hey, Ginger and Sandra, and then also my lead uh, administrator, Mel, those three, they're somewhat reliant on their cell phones, but it's not that important. Mel, God bless her, is that even today, she's on the big desktop in front of her, but she's clicking away at her mobile device. But what Nooch said to me, I had asked her, again, she gave me permission. I won't use profanity, Scott. <laughs> I said, what would happen if you couldn't find or you misplaced your cell phone? She said, Doc, I would freak the out. Mm. Now, not that she's addicted, but she is a prime example of people who are relying on that cell phone. And I asked her, why would you freak out? And she had said to me, because there is so much information and content on that device. So it is for all of us, the mobile phone, including desktops as well, obviously, is becoming more important to us in terms of our day-to-day -day living, where we put information, ranging from financial information to social information. So this is why internet addiction is a potential problem because we're doing it so frequently now from the moment we get up to the moment we go to bed, many of us are online and it's unfortunate. Yeah. And it, it, the, those factors that, that went into it, I know we only spoke, spoke about accessibility, but they all seem like equally dangerous. And I, I was well, curious to, uh, you know, is there anyone that popped up with, with in, in particular on your end? Because for me, well, it was for, like yeah, most know. important. Well, I would say of, of the six would be anonymity. Mm -hmm. Scott, I can, okay, I, I'm a single man. I have my cat. Her name is Brooklyn. She was a stray. I took mm -hmm. her in. So it's me and Brooklyn. I'm divorced, no kids. All right. The anonymity, whatever my perverse deviant thoughts and fantasies, another factor, whatever they are in the privacy of my home sitting at this desktop, I get off here with you and I don't know, I'm into whatever. Okay. I can now search for it and I can find it online. Now, if I have a little bit of tech savvy, I can also go to the dark web too. Not that I really have to, because 90% of the garbage of the, of the deviant stuff content, you can find just on regular internet. So the anonymity is the fact that I can do it alone and nobody knows. I use this example all the time. In a pre-information age world, Scott, the pedophile, the child molester, what did he have to do? He had to get in his car or he had to walk over to the schoolyards and begin to groom. Now, also in the pre-information age world is that the stepfather, the father, the priest, 
they all engage in grooming uh, for to an ultimate, ultimately lead in sexual molestation. They had to take risk, okay? Well, now online with anonymity, I can go and not only can I find, locate, and dial, download child pornography, I can, Scott, I am, my name is Scott. I'm a 15-year-old freshman that lives over in Brooklyn Heights, and I go to the same high school as your daughter, and she doesn't even know that I'm really 50-something years old. I can create a profile. I can create, and, and being a good pedophile, I know what your daughter likes, and I know what, you know, the, the music, the styles, the fashion, and I begin to groom her online. How can I do that? The anonymity. The ability for me to be invisible, and my target does not know who I am. Now, for, for those people, because I think you're talking about a particularly dark part. And I think that that's part of one of the types of addiction, right? For those people, is that just something we have to accept as a, as, as a, as a group of people that there's going to be these people that we really can't fix or can't get to in some way? Cause how would a, a guy who's dark and all that stuff, do they come to you or is it even something no. that they want to change? It's just, no, they're just, no, no. particularly if it's illegal, we could do a whole separate show on the pedophile child molestation. Um, but the pedophile, it is considered in the DSM-5, it is what is called a paraphilia. It's a sexual disorder. And there are many believe that there is an addictive quality to being a, a pedophile. Uh, some believe you can cure it. But presently, the industry looks at it is almost like an addiction is recovery, that the pedophile is always going to have thoughts of molesting a child, but it's getting him and her, they're happening to not act upon it, okay? Uh, so, but that is a little bit different uh, because internet addiction, uh, you know, is a behavioral addiction. Pedophile, uh, pedophilia is truly illegal and that involves a whole different piece. So unfortunately, other than chemical castration, <laughs> there really is not much that can be done to help the pedophile other than teaching them to not act upon, which is one of the factors in internet addiction, yep. is the fantasy. Gotcha. Now, as far as this internet addiction goes, is the, is the trick to limit yourself and keep certain, I only want to be on the internet X amount of hours, and is part of it making sure the information that you're taking in is good as well? Is that, is that the approach, taking both of those, or is there one that should come before the, before the it's other? A great, it's a great question, Scott. It, it, again, it has to do with what you're doing online. Again, mm -hmm. from the moment I get up to the moment, not to the moment I go to bed, uh, but a good percentage of time I'm online, but I'm, I'm online because of my job, because of my volunteer work, because I'm trying to, you know, persuade a schizophrenic patient to maybe not be so psychotic, on and on and on. So there's a reason for why I'm online. But if we look at some of the types, um, which we may not get to today, but cyber sex fixated, uh, cyber relationship fixated, internet, uh, well, online gaming, uh, dark side fixated. I mean, those fixations are all like different flavors of ice cream. They have different facets, different factors, and different ways of dealing with. But what I have found in my volunteer work is that people who become internet addicted, okay, whether they're experiencing withdrawal, whether they're experiencing tolerance, they tend to have certain fixations. There is a genre or a category that they go online to engage in. And I'm, I, you know, with the cyber sex one, I just get nervous with the kids that are in COVID teenagers that have lived, you know, you're living through puberty in basically a cyber world for a year and a half. Oh my goodness. Yes. How, is that people, have you, have you seen anybody like, like that? How, how are those kids handling that? That's, that's well, just a scary thing. It's unfortunate they they aren't handling it. This is why internet addiction is becoming something that has to be dealt with. Um, but when we talk about cyber sex fixate, you know, fixation, whether it is a child, even for adults, Scott, and again, I my heart always goes out to the child first, but even adults. 
Because remember, when you're internet addicted, you're suffering negative consequences, but yet you continue to engage in whatever that internet addicted category is. So the cyber sex fixated individual, these are online users that become fixated to all the different pornography sites. They go to, let's say, I don't know if you ever heard of a Meagle, which is a complete joke. Have you ever heard of a Meagle? No, no, no. You should chat. Uh, it is so. Amigle is a random search. It's not a search, it's a random chat where you go to Amigle, you just click a button, and all of a sudden you're connected to two people that are in Wisconsin. And then you can choose whether you talk to them or not, or you just click off and you go to another one. Amigle, mm -hmm. it is a random chat video chat. It, it's, it's, all, it's, absolutely ridiculous but it's being done today but getting back to the cyber sex fixated so are they pornography addicted most certainly are they sex addicted uh, offline well what some of the research is showing is is that internet addiction begins just like all addictions to generalize and even Scott, if it starts online, let's just stick with cyber sex fixated, okay? Um, it begins the fantasy, one of the factors. Again, yep. mm -hmm. I now begin to think, what if, if I could go and I could go down to the Jersey Shore and go out to Vegas, or I can engage in, in sex with three or four different women at a time and getting strung up and on and on and on. We don't need to get into the, the deviance and the perversity of, of what can occur. But the downside and the danger of, of internet addiction is that even if it begins online, slowly but surely, okay, it begins to, as I fantasize, huh, I wonder what it would do if I did it offline. So now what we're learning internet addiction can begin to move into uh, offline realms. So if it's cyber sex fixated, it starts online, but then it moves offline to where I'm engaging in adultery. I'm cheating on my wife. I'm going to escorts and prostitutes, whether it's legal or illegal. And depending on what my fixate is, I can really engage and really become involved in some really messed up stuff offline. Wow. And, and the psychology of that for that person, now we, we kind of broke it down that this person's fixated on this piece is, is the, the feeling that they're looking for acceptance or and not feeling rejected. Is that part of it? Ooh, that's good. That's very Adlerian because and I'm sure you already know this Alfred Adler. That's where I did my doctor degree is Alfred Adler believed is from the moment we're born to the moment we go to, you know, a, a different place. We live to be validated. We live to be part of. We live to be accepted. Alfred Adler believed we are a social. We are a packed animal. So even if you're Darwinian and subscribe to the notion of Darwinian theory and evolution is that we are, as mammals, we are social pack animals. Whether you want to look at us as wildebeest, cows and herds, or look at us, we are social creatures. And that has everything to do when we talk about these types of internet addiction. Exactly, Scott. The cyber sex fixated. That individual who's going to the porn sites and stuff and then begins to do the amigos or talks to people indiscriminately online, in reality, what he, some she's, well, mostly he's when it comes to cyber sex, is looking to be validated is looking to be recognized. And depending on how uh, severe the addiction becomes, they will begin to, again, as I said, start to do it offline, okay? Another one, another one of the types is cyber relationship fixated. Mm. And again, I'm a hopeless romantic. I believe in love, but I have, as part of my volunteer work, I have had people, and I didn't chastise, I didn't cast a guy, but Scott, I have had both men and women tell me that they were in love with someone that they met online that not only have they never met offline, but they've never even seen them on a webcam. Jeez. Never even seen them on a webcam, obviously not offline, but just 
talking to them on the phone, through emails, through social media, and they're hoping to lead up to one day being able to Zoom or to Skype with one another. Not even talking about actually going out three states to meet the person. And maybe that sounds like that's part of the, that sounds like it would be exciting, right? Oh, I, I, it's a big thing to look up to. I've, I've never done the cyber stuff, so I, I don't know. But like, that's what it sounds like to me. Like you're, you're kind of waiting for this big pop, this big, the, the fix. Right? Exactly. Again, mm. going back to the fact, the fantasy. fantasy. It is this wow. fantasy and the, the fixate of the cyber relationship is what he or she is. Oh, I bet you she is a wonderful cook. I bet you she's great in bed. I bet you, I bet you, I bet you. And then the fantasies go on because why does the fantasies go on? Because there's no reality. And that's what it comes down to. If you don't meet a person face to face, sit down with them, live with them, uh, date them, understand, use your nonverbal communications, your your God-given senses to know a person how could you actually think that you're in love? That is the cyber relationship fixated. And there's a growing population of folks who go to online dating sites, who do the 10, who spend their time online because in their mind, they're looking for love and they're hoping that that online love relationship will one day turn into an offline relationship. Well, your viewers know about catfishing. There have been many instances where I have helped folks where they were courting somebody and that person after talking online several, several weeks begins to say, oh, you know what? I, I, I need about $100 because my kid is gonna have to go to the hospital. And then the swindle begins to where the person he knows that she or my target knows that she's into me. So now I inject the possibility of getting her to send me money. Wow. And, and it's so interesting because I always, um, through my dating experiences, I'm with Jessica now. Shout out to Jessica. We love Jessica. But before right, Jessica, Jessica. Was dating, I hated the first three dates because I was always like this shell. I was like, you don't get to, to know the real person until that fourth date, that fifth date, when you get to see the, the negative, right? Because it's just kind of the way it is. And it sounds like these people are like prolonging seeing that that real person. They want to be in that shell. They want to like, I want to think this person is perfect and we're going to be together forever and all that stuff. That's scary, man. Jeez. It's very scary. I mean, one online dating, and, it's, and again, I'm not castigating or putting folks down, but one online dating tip. If you're going to meet, if you meet somebody online and you're going to engage and date, you always meet offline in a public place. Mm. Okay. I mean, for me to even have to write that down and to suggest that tells me, well, it doesn't tell me, I know it, is that people get caught up in the fantasy, in the romance. So that is the cyber relationship fixated. Do we got a little bit more time? Yeah, absolutely. All the time in the world for you, Dr. Okay. News. Of course I do. So we've already talked about internet gaming and in that category of fixate, I call it, you know, uh, well, currency and competition. Your internet gaming is your competition. Your online commerce fixated uh, is the currency, is that people become addicted to e-commerce and shopping. And whether it's going to eBay, and don't get me wrong, Scott, I love Amazon. I love Amazon. That's, that's the best. It's shipped to me in a box within 24 hours. It's amazing. It's amazing. No wonder why the guy's a bajillion. Yeah. I mean, it's all right. Let me breathe here. <laughs> I am not online commerce fixated. And the way you would know if you're online commerce fixated is that you find that you're beginning to spend more money than is needed to pay the bills or to pay your obligations. It's just like with a shopaholic offline, but online commerce fixated. These are people that from the moment they get up to the moment they go to bed, now obviously if they're working or if they have kids or whatever, they take care of that. But immediately they go back online, they're on Amazon, they are on eBay, they are going to different bidding sites where I can bid on a pair of $500 sneakers and hopefully I can bid it down to $200. I know somebody who does that. Wow. So the e-commerce fixated, it's not just the, 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 
it's not just the fixate and the, the, the rush of shopping, but it's also the bidding aspect too. And that's why I clumped it with online gaming because with the online commerce fixing, there's an element of competition when you're dealing with bidding with commerce. Yeah, and with the games, I know, I know those. It seems that there's so many different ways this can get you, but the game, they have your level. They, you know, you want to get leveled up, and then your yes. friends. What level are you? What's your KD ratio? What's this? What's that? And what I see with my little cousins, I got I to gotta check everybody because everyone, everybody gets in this zone. Everybody gets a little too pompous for me, a little too calm. I say, guys, I'll smack you. If you <laughs> when I see you in the real world, you get smacked. So don't, don't forget. But it's really interesting how you have a certain bravado and like this other person in this cyber world. It's freaking nuts. Forgive me, Scott. I have to ask because I'm a student. What is it? KD rating? K, okay, your kill death ratio is um, how good you are basically in the game. So if, if I kill you in the game, that's one and you want to have at least one and above. So if you're below one, you're, you're not good enough to be playing and you get your balls chip busted. And that was always me because I do other things, right? And it's just funny when you see it. <laughs> It's um, it's scary, and even this other piece—the competitiveness of, of bidding—I never even. I'm not a big online guy. Amazon, obviously, but bidding, and it's the same type of thing. So you could yes. talk about it. Like, I got these sneakers for 600, 700. Man, that's crazy. Now these, now I, I didn't know about this information implosion one. That 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 one. Information had, that is okay. That is one that, again. I I don't want to go into my own personal psychology, but. Information implosion, it's also called infobesity, information implosion. These are folks that they're not engaging in illegal activities. Now, mind you, internet addiction means there's negative consequence, but these are people that go online and they can Google anything. They will just, it's all about information. They can be sitting at work and let's say they have mundane tasks that they don't have to really attend at work. They will go online and they will Google and they will scroll on Pinterest and look at different images, look at re recipes, even though they're not a big culinary cuisine person. <laughs> the implosion fix information. It's just information, information, information. And what we know is when it comes to information, there's only three ways that we can manipulate information. We can compile it, we can disseminate it, and we can exchange it, okay? For the information uh, implosion fixated, it's all about compiling information. It's all about scrolling. And I, there's been, there was one person many years ago I didn't, back then, I didn't really truly recognize her as internet addicted, but she would just Google and she would put in a word, as many of you know, if you Google or any search engine, if you put dog into Google and you hit one space, what does Google do in the search field? It gives you different things like dog treats, dog breeds, uh, dog clinics. She would literally, and I'm just using dogs, but she had her own thing, she would put one word in and she would look and then she would click on the next one, the next one, the next one, the next one to where hours would go by. And all she has really done is scrolled page after page through Google and other search engines looking at, you know, search results related to dogs or flowers or cheese or whatever it may be. And again, and this is where this is where I'm really young in because young in place a lot of emphasis on the dissociative experience of fantasizing. As I've said in our, our last interview, you know, uh, what, what young believed, which I believe, uh, and he's right, is that the moment we get up to the moment we go to bed, our minds, our subjective processing is everywhere else but in reality. And the only time that we experience true reality is if I put a gun to your head, if you're experiencing true fear. Outside of that, when we're driving, when we're working, when we're making love, when we're, whatever we're doing is our mind is elsewhere, okay? Now, we're, we're able to attend to the task, but we're thinking about bills, we're thinking about that other girl, we're on and on and on. So fantasy plays a huge role in internet addiction. Why? Because from the moment we get up to the moment we go to sleep, we are in states of fantasy. Mm, yeah, and fantasy seems to be the one that keeps popping up here. That's a little, that's a little disturbing. Because even you know, for me, 
I take an hour every day to do, because I, I, what you're talking about, that information inload, I try to get as much active information by reading, by reading a book. But every hour, um, every day, I listen to a, um, uh, I'm, right now I'm doing Nietzsche uh, lecture. So I'm listening to a Nietzsche lecture Nietzsche. every from a doctor, uh, one of the, the professors from Cambridge, beautiful uh-huh. stuff. And it's like, even you could, you could overdo that, right? You could, you could, if you're on YouTube for four hours a day, you could, that's why I have to try to uh, set uh, limits for inform- everything. That right? would be information implosion. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's not just going through Google, but some people, they get so, you know, enveloped by what's being discussed. Yes. You know, so, but if you're not suffering negative consequences by checking out the existentialist Nietzsche, who, by the way, is very cool. um, It's not a problem. See, fantasy serves a proactive, it has a positive, there are benefits to fantasy. And most people think when I say fantasy, they think I'm saying sexual fantasy. No. Okay. It is thinking, it is feeling, it's, it's, it's subjective processing is that when you, and I think I mentioned this, when you're driving down the road, few people are truly attending to the road and driving and thinking about driving. They're driving, they're talking to their friend, they're looking out the window, they're lighting a smoke, they're taking a a sip of a Red Bull, they're messing with, so the mind is in 40 different places other than driving. How is it though that I can get from point A to point B behind a, you know, behind the wheel of a 2,500 pound vehicle and get there safely if I'm not even paying attention? This is where Young had talked about the fantasy is that we are in many different places at any given time. But when it comes to being online, that's where the internet addiction brings us to different places. So whatever the fixation type is, we just got done talking about information implosion. Let's bring up another one. I actually spoke to someone uh, a year ago, the dark side fixate. And these are not just your goth girls or the ones with the black and all black. (laughs) These are people that get fixated and are addicted to true crime, murder, serial killers, gore. There are websites where you can see actual, some of the most goriest stuff online, animal abuse, child abuse, all kinds of abuse, anything that has to do with true darkness, evil, violence, what I call a fascination with the macabre. There are people that are dark side fixated their their world is involving that dark beast. They can quote you, you know, the, the satanic Bible in verse. They know everything about Lucifer. They know everything about, you know, the dark side. Now, now the, the psychology of those people, because I, I, I've been getting everything we're talking about. The, this one, I'm not, I'm just not. Uh, maybe I'm just too soft for, for, for something like this. What, what is the, the value that these people are looking for? Is it like, is it just being unique? Is it like, just, I just want to be different? Uh, yes. Thank you, okay. doctor. It, ah, I got it's it. all about, yes. It's all about being, what they think, and they're wrong. They think by their fixation into their dark side and their knowledge uh, of, you know, Ted Bundy, mind you, I study criminology quite a bit, but to them, they feel special. They feel unique and they see themselves as different. They understand. If you really knew, Scott, about Ted Bundy and really knew what, you know, what he went through, you'd probably support why he brutally murdered so many women. The dark side fixated, as you just said, they see themselves as unique. Unfortunately, they're not. Yeah. And like, listen, I'm a big young guy and young always says, you gotta, you gotta kind of search the dark pieces of your soul. But I, I, you know, I think that that's, that's a little much probably for me at least, you know? Right. Well, but there's a difference between looking at the dark aspects. I mean, that's dark psychology. We can do a, a whole show on my concept called dark psychology. There is a difference between looking at the dark aspects of ourselves. Okay. And being dark side fixated. The dark side fixated internet addiction person 
they don't necessarily, some of them actively overtly brag about it. They will go to websites and blogs and message boards and forums, and they will spend time there to where eventually, and we talked about this early, the Adlerian of being validated, they're kind of seen as cool. You know, hey, welcome back, Scott, to the murder forum. Man, haven't seen you in three days. And they feel being part of a group. And there are thousands of people that are dark side fixated. Now, to be dark side fixated, again, um, I used to be a forensic psychologist. Presently, I predator is what? A dark side of cyberspace concept. I study and learn about evil. If we want to talk about the, the religious aspects, I do try to learn the, the theological uh, background of evil. But I study psychopaths. I study crime. Uh, and I'm very interested in it. I love true crime. But I don't brag about it. And I'm not dark side fixated. Because if you go on my Facebook, Scott, I also repost cute little things of puppies. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And not because I'm trying to be, you know, attract a pretty woman. I'm doing it because the puppy is cute. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes perfect sense, though, Doc. But the dark side fixated, th their realm is they present themselves. So they're not going to repost a cute puppy or a, 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 an inspirational song. The music that they post is all going to be dark. They're living in that kind of dark part of the soul, more or less. Exactly. And for them, though, it is a badge of honor. And if you were as smart as me or if you were as deep as me, Scott, you would understand why, as I said, Ted Bundy did what he did. Mind you, he was a psychopath, you know, but the, the dark side fixated. They get into this arena to where they they sympathize for those that have committed incredible atrocities. And that, that seems like very dangerous. There seems like there's like an intelligence thing with them, superiority, like, oh, well, if you, you just don't get it. And I, I do. And that's what makes me different. And that's why I'm and cool. And this is where addiction becomes addiction. Mm -hmm. Because, again, addiction are the negative consequences. And as I said from the beginning, as with all addiction, it is not just physiological consequences. I'm getting fatter you know, because I, I don't get up off my ass, but there are the psychological consequences that occur. Obviously the social consequences of internet addiction is my girlfriend is now threatening to leave me because I've just spent the last 12 hours online gaming with a couple of my buds, mm -hmm. you know? So the dark side fixated, the cyber sector, these fixations are not only uh, creating the addiction is making it more solid, but it's also increasing the probability of what? Moving to the online, to the offline world. Now at the dark side, the internet, all of those fixations. Now, as long as they stay between my ears, that's fine. It's only when offline I begin to put them into action is when they become illegal, deviant, and perverse. Wow. Now, it just seems that awareness, education, these, these, are, these are the answers to the, the questions of, of how to, to fix all of these. How do you think people that are younger, older, anybody just kind of dealing with, with these things? Like we said, the information world is now. We've been dealing with all this information. How does a person get through life balancing this? Because I try to combat it with my mindfulness, my spirituality, all this stuff that I just think puts me more in the moment. What do you think are the answers? Well, the answer is negative content. And I, and I hate yep. to keep being redundant, but mm -hmm. that's what it comes to. So when you're at the fight, at the Mayweather fight, and you're having thoughts of wanting to be online, I don't know if the, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's say you're at the, the Mayweather, I, I don't know how to come up with an example. But if you're suffering consequences, negative consequences, negative consequences for wanting to be online, that's what you have to begin to recognize. But unfortunately, with all addictions, I don't drink anymore. I don't do drugs anymore. I don't want to get into my personal life. I don't party as I did when I was younger. Um, but you have to be able to understand is that when it comes to addiction, there is this aspect called denial and mm. minimization. Scott, I'm not internet addicted. What, just because I spent the last 30 years 
well, you know, 30, 30 years, <laughs> 30 hours doing uh, World of Warcraft. I, I don't know all the hot games. Mm-hmm. What was the name of that, that game? That was a World- good one. Warzone and World of Warcraft. Those are the two most popular okay, ones. Yeah, you know. So the denial would be is, yeah, I got written up at work. So big deal. I'll just do that extra work next week. So that is where we, it gets very difficult to recognize, uh, you know, that you're becoming internet addicted, even to the point when you're suffering negative consequences, the defense mechanisms of denial come into play and minimization, you know, telling my girlfriend, what? Just because I like to go online and I like to watch, you know, pornography for six hours a day and masturbate three times a day, big deal, I still service you. I hope I'm not being profane. but that is where the denial and the minimization comes into play, as with it does with all addiction. The gambling addict, he can get down to his last dime and he'll continue uh, going and doing the roulette wheel. I've worked with patients who are chronically mentally ill. Uh, are you familiar with scratch-offs? Yes. Uh, my father, I would say... Uh is one of the most addictive people I've ever met. And that's, that's why I have it in my, in my blood, let's say, but uh, he's a professional gambler now hasn't stopped. And uh, yeah, I, I'm very familiar with that, with all of it, Dr. Nooch. Well, one of the, particularly with the patient population that adult, you know, chronically mentally ill, they don't have a lot of money. Some of them, not all of them, when they get their $56 a week, some get a little bit more. Some of them will go out if they're not smokers, they will buy 10 to $20 in scratch-offs. And that's what they do. But they're only getting $56 a week. And they're also a smoker spending 10 to $12 a pack. So that's where gambling addiction. So again, that I, I, I apologize for going into the gambling thing. But when we get back to internet addiction, it is those fixations And then when we have the factors, we've already talked about anonymity, accessibility, Mm -hmm. isolation is with isolation. Again, as I briefly mentioned, I can do it all alone. So whatever my fixation is, I can isolate and I can do and I can find whatever I want, no matter how macabre, no matter how deviant, with a little work, I can find the, the content I'm looking for. Another one, inexpensive. Scott, what does it cost for me to talk to you right now for an hour? Zilch. Zero. Hmm. Exactly. So one of the, the biggest you know, accelerators of internet addiction is it's free, okay? Short of going offline and purchasing you know, an escort or buying crystal meth because now I'm taking my addiction and fantasy offline, it's free. Okay. And then the last one, which we didn't talk about is disconnection. The disconnection as it relates to internet addiction. Again, this is kind of, this is young. This is awful. Adler is that I can go into my own world and I can disconnect from reality. And I remember I said earlier that the, the next step in the information age, it's already occurring now is virtual reality and artificial intelligence. Scott, have you seen some of the, uh, I don't know if you want to call it uh, the cyber, the art of the robots that they've made, the human-like? It's unbelievable. And we're, imagine a hundred years from now what they're going to be like. Yeah, the exponential rate that we're that we're going, it's uh, people really have to be so careful. That's why I think what you're talking about is so important. Like people really just have to be, you have to be on your guard for all this stuff. Even the virtual reality, I, I got to get rid of it. For PS4s, is you throw it on, you're in a different space, and this comes into disassociation. Different parts of you know, you want to be this person in this world. It's very, uh, you got to be on top of this stuff. Seriously, you do have to be. Uh, yes, and again, I don't want your, your your listeners, your viewers, to think that I'm a fatalist that I'm anti-technology because. You know, I've spent my, well, now my, my recent life learning about, and I will continue to be a student of cyber psychology. And as I said, years ago, and, and some of my colleagues think I'm crazy, cyberspace is an extension of human consciousness. Scott, you look at children now, okay? Back when I went through puberty, we're going back to the, <laughs> the 70s, years ago, we didn't have computers, we didn't have technology. 
So when I was attracted to a woman, you know what I had to do? <laughs> I had to go talk to her in reality. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not happening now. Now, what are today's children doing if they're attracted to somebody? Well, the kids are big with, well, TikTok is big, Snapchatting with one another, okay, and texting one another, okay? That is how they're communicating. Back when I was a child, it was a whole different ball game because we lived in a pre-information age world. Now that's all changing. And where I believe the whole marketing thing about technology, social media, uh, it connects us. In reality, the paradox is, and I've said this before, it's disconnecting us. It is putting a, a device between us and others. And being human, that becomes the, the choice because if I can sit here and talk to a woman online using a webcam, as opposed to dealing with the embarrassment and anxiety and the sweat coming down my bra while, while I'm sitting out to dinner, I'd much rather talk to somebody online. Yeah, it's like taking the softer approach. I was talking to my little cousin. I was like, so how do you get girls? And he was like, well, you go on Instagram and then you friend request and then you like their picture. And then I was like, what? I was like, what are you talking? I, I just go up to a <laughs> hey, no one, sweetheart. That's it. You want to drink? That, that's 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 the way it should be. Because I do think there's you have to go through the, the difficulties to kind of prime yourself and be a little be a I hate to be, be a person, be like a man. You have to, I hate to you're right, you're right. And that is not happening. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, children today, what will they be like 20 years from now? Again, I, I hope I live long enough. But it'll be interesting to see the impact of technology on our psychological functioning and our subjective processing. Yeah, it's it's not looking good. That's my that's my feeling, and I I think something's gonna have to come to a halt, or people go, okay, you may have to cap your children on social media, or cap oh, it definitely. here, this that, you know. Yeah. Even I started doing it to myself. I think it's the only way to to yeah, you know, be aware of the conversations, but also put yourself through the shit. Put yourself talk talk go up to her on the train, go up to this that that. But um, even even just socializing in general with your friends, it's, it's probably easier for kids now to like I, I'm a big connection person. Like I love yes. meeting meeting people by myself and just being me. But like a lot of people aren't that way, right? And that those people are just gonna make friends through the game or through the whatever. You know, it's it's weird. Right. It's it's easier. It's easier to be validated. It's easier to feel accepted by going online and going to for- exactly. Mm. But the downside is, is because of the veil of of invisibility, because going online, I can live out my fantasies, the the categories of my predator, the online assailant, the internet troll, uh, the predatory troll, the cyber criminal, the cyber stalker, they can all go online and being hidden behind a screen or a mobile device, they can behave as, as insanely, as aggressive, and as pompous as they want because they can't be held accountable. I mean, presently, there is no way to be able to immediately identify, apprehend, and punish a severe cyber stalker comes down to consequences. And I think we're going to, in this new millennia, people are going to take some responsibility. I think that's, and that's, it's weird because the, it seems everybody's moving away from that. Everybody wants to be a victim. And I think just looking at what you're doing introspectively and being an adult and a, and a person for, for the betterment of the good, you know, people have to start looking, looking in that mirror. Right. So the solution is obviously if you're a parent with children, it is strictly having boundaries in terms of how much time you're allowing your child to be online. Now, given the COVID pandemic and what we now have are online learning environments, what are also called VLE, virtual learning environments, not all, but many children are spending a significant amount of time not only doing what they would normally do online, but now learning and being educated online. So they're spending significant amounts of time online. So the recommendation for parents is, is to create, you know, a, a turnoff point where they have to put the, the cell phone down, the mobile device. They have to get away from the online gaming, go outside. And as simple as that is, Scott, it doesn't apply to just parenting and children. It applies to us as well. To everybody. 
Wow. Everybody. And that is the one sure way to reduce internet addiction, to reduce your risk, your probability of being attacked, and also living longer. But unfortunately, we are at a time in a period of history, as you know, called the information age. We are at the beginning of this period of history, which, as I said earlier, is going to last century. So we are kind of like the guinea pigs. We are the ones right now, from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed, we're online and we come up with bullshit reason why we're online. Mm. Okay. Eventually, some doctors, some scientific studies are going to prove that that's not a good idea. And then the suggestions are going to be made to do things other than sitting in front of a computer screen, sitting, using your mobile device. I can't agree more. And I think you're one of the people that should be talking about this. And I really always appreciate you coming on, Dr. Nooch. You know, you're coming on next month. Everybody get used to us talking. But thank you so much again, Dr. Nooch. Love you to death. Thank you for the information. And, and, you know, whatever you want to do next month, come on, let's do it again. We're just going to you are the you are the monthly guest here at Cause of the Effect. Uh, Thank you. I'd be honored. Thank you, sir. No problem. Everybody keep smashing the like button, review all that good stuff. Tell your friends. I hope you guys got a lot out of this one. I certainly did. Um, As always, stay safe. Stay positive. Stay blessed. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.